This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I am your host, Tommy Ashley. You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Commitment. I've got Sherelle McMillan here to talk about North Carolina's latest basketball commitment. Sherelle, I'll just let you get into it. You can lead the way on this one because I'll freely admit I'm shocked. Yeah, it's it's a little surprising. Um, so uh, Donovan Puff Johnson, the younger brother of Cam Johnson, committed to North Carolina today. And coming into the visit, what most people thought and what most people had heard was that Arizona was kind of the school to beat for him. And, you know, I think sometimes when people say, well, uh, what does that mean when you've heard a certain schools ahead or there's buzz or anything like that? So it's a combination of reading tea leaves of knowing tendencies, not dissimilar from what coaches do, <laughs> frankly, for like a game. So for Puff, for example, you know, he lives in Phoenix now, um, where his brother Cam plays, obviously. He goes to Hillcrest Prep. Their head coach is Mike Bibby, who went to Arizona. Uh, we heard earlier on that he really actually liked Arizona, so that was there too. Uh, since the last time he visited North Carolina in June, before this past official visit, um, he had taken two or three trips to Arizona. One was an official and the other one or two were unofficial visits. And Roy Williams, frankly, didn't go out to Hillcrest to see him. And that's usually kind of a warning sign for us to say, maybe North Carolina isn't that serious about a particular player. So when you add all that together, it seemed entering the visit like North Carolina was trailing Arizona a little bit. And I think maybe we exaggerated that, you know, unintentionally, but maybe we exaggerated Arizona's lead and that, frankly, Puff was uh, really looking at North Carolina and Arizona probably equally, but the advantages North Carolina had <clears throat> with Cam being there and with Puff knowing the program so intimately and Cam just really being the ultimate success story for a grad transfer, all that added up to um, where we are today, which is Puff committing to UNC. And like we've talked about over and over, um, over the course of Roy Williams's career back at North Carolina, if he gets a guy on campus, there's always a shot. Yeah. And he had him on campus last week, last week or this past weekend. Tell us a little bit about that visit, how it went, what you've learned. Yeah, so it was, uh, as we talked about, you know, he's intimately familiar with Carolina basketball. I mean, he's been to so many games over the years. He's taken so many trips with Cam. Um, the I guess it was two days after Cam was drafted by Phoenix. Him and Puff came to Chapel Hill and spent about two or three days just around campus, around the team, playing pickup, all those good things. Um, so he's had that experience the last couple of summers since uh, Cam enrolled. I guess it was a little more than two and a half years ago. Um, so basically the trip was for Puff. What he told us was that he really wanted to see how he fit in uh, with the guys absent of his brother. So just him as a person, how does he fit in with people who's going to be playing with like probably Garrison Brooks and, you know, Leaky Black and Andrew Playtech and Anthony Harris. How, how is the chemistry with those guys? And Farno, you know, I, 
I guess you can see now he he committed today. You can see that it definitely uh, answered all the questions he had about that. He said he really enjoyed being around them, that he really enjoyed um, the camaraderie, camaraderie that they have and that uh, Coach Williams in his presentations and in the film room that really it was just kind of solidified everything that he already knew. And I said, you know, get him on campus. And, of course, he's been on campus a lot, like you mentioned. And a lot of guys that end up officially visiting North Carolina have been on campus at other times. But tell us a little bit about, and we've done this before, but I want folks to understand this, the role of the official visit in a recruit's recruitment. Yeah, for, a big deal. Yeah, for for a lot of guys, it's, you know, it's it's very much like dating. When you see someone you like, you want to put your best foot forward and, you want to show them, you know, all the great things that you have and all the great things that you can do. But I think what differentiates North Carolina is that they don't try to sell the program. They're not trying to uh, give you a pitch. They're saying, this is what we are. This is who we are. This is what we do. And this is how we do it. We hope that you like it. Uh, if you do, we hope that you join us. If you don't, then that's fine. And, you know, Carolina isn't for everybody. So they, they, Definitely take it that way. And one thing we've seen is that um, all the parents love the fact that there are so many people on staff who played for Coach Williams and who went to North Carolina. So uh, Brad Frederick, Hubert Davis, Kendall Marshall, uh, Sean May, and even Eric Hoots, you know, all went to North Carolina, all very familiar with Coach Williams, all been around him for, you know, decades now. And um, just hearing what parents say, talking to those guys, they gave their real experiences. And, you know, everything isn't 100% great all the time. And I think those uh, those guys really showed the parents and showed uh, the players the real side um, without, you know, kind of sugarcoating everything and trying to make everything seem like um, nothing is wrong, trying to make it seem like kind of a utopia. So I, I think um, that plays well with a lot of parents. Now, some people don't like it. They want to be wind and dine. They want the show. They want all that. And uh, frankly, I, I think for those players, you know, Carolina just wasn't the right fit. and. I think the coaching staff understands that, and that's why they do things the way they do it. We are talking about Donovan Puff Johnson's commitment to Roy Williams in the North Carolina basketball program. Carolina now with five commitments in the 2020 class. I want to take a little short break, talk about johnnytshirt.com. I have to do it because they're our sponsor, and I like to do it because they're great at what they do. They provide you, our listeners, with plenty of opportunities to have everything Carolina you could ever want, whether it's gear, uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, good time to have those now as the weather turns, basketball jerseys, football jerseys. They've even got soccer jerseys now, and they've got any sport, anything you could want sports-related, North Carolina, johnnytshirt.com, and Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street. 10% off your everyday orders for your Johnny T-Shirt order online or in person if you are an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber, which if you're an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber, you listen a lot to Sherelle McMillan. So Sherelle, tell me a story about Johnny T-Shirt. <laughs> so uh, everybody might not know, but I, I grew up in a, a very pro-Carolina household, let's put it that way. And, uh, you know, obviously I, I went to North Carolina. My brother went to North Carolina. I had two uncles and two aunts who went to North Carolina before me. So uh, I've been around Carolina for a long, long time. And one of the things that became a, a tradition in the family was um, towards the beginning of basketball season, driving up, uh, I guess it used to be the Pepsi Tournament of Champions. Um, they used to have that in Charlotte. So the day before, we would always drive up to Chapel Hill and we would go to Johnny T-Shirt and get that year's calendar. And that was kind of our, because, you know, this is pre-internet and pre, you know, getting stuff as soon as you want it. 
And that was kind of our introduction to the team was going to Johnny T-shirt and buying the calendar. And I still have in my parents' house, I think everyone from 88 to like 2005. So just whenever I think of Johnny T-shirt, I think of those Friday nights in December uh, or that Thursday night in December driving up and, and picking up the calendar. That is hilarious. You're not the only one that did that. <laughs> Uh, my, I start a little bit younger than you did. I, my first Carolina basketball calendar, and we'll get back to Puff Johnson, but this is a good story, is uh, the 1981-82 team. My sister-in-law, now sister-in-law, and has been sister-in-law forever, uh, was in class with a lot of those people. It says, to Tommy, congratulations, Dean Smith and the 1981-82 basketball team, and it's all signed. I remember that, and I remember – in college, always getting the rest of those calendars from Johnny T-Shirt. Those guys are great. They're definitely great sponsors of this podcast. And uh, Sherelle, Tournament of Champions, Tournament of Pepsi Champions, used to cover that with J.B. Sissel. My boy J.B. and I would go to Charlotte, had a lot of fun covering that tournament. Missed those days for mm -hmm. a lot of different reasons. Let's turn it back to Puff Johnson and tell me what he brings uh, to the basketball court. Six, seven. Um, a little lean at this point. Um, he's going to get the comparisons to his brother no matter what, I think. Uh, so, so what have you seen from him over the last couple of years on the circuit? Well, he's a player. Um, and if you read some of our coverage today, you'll, you'll see some of this. So I'm going to try to summarize the best I can. But he's a player who is all about upside. And that's not to say he hasn't produced at an elite level already because he came in, uh, he played on both the Adidas circuit and Nike circuit as a senior or entering a senior year. And he really kind of lit things up and that led to the North Carolina offer this past May. But, you know, he's, he's a shooter. Uh, I think first and foremost, when you think of Puff, you think of a guy who can, you know, knock down shots. Uh, I think it was Coach Robinson who watched him in uh, Texas and I think it was April. I uh, could be mixing my weekends up, but uh, he had nine threes and like six of them were in a row or something. So he has that ability to shoot from the outside. As you said, he's six, seven, but he has a wingspan of seven, one. Um, and what that does, I think, is he's filling for North Carolina kind of that three hybrid four face up four uh, role. I think he can fill that because he has the size and he has the length to do it. Now, as you said, he'll definitely have to beef up uh, to kind of handle the rigors of the ACC. But I think immediately what he comes in and does, and he, he can be a shooter off the bench. And then, you know, as he matures into a sophomore and, you know, maybe a junior, I think he really can become a, a high-level player for Carolina. Talk a little bit about the comparison to his brother. I mean, I, I just get it out of the way. People are going to do it <laughs> no matter what he does, which is another reason why I'm a little surprised that he committed to Carolina. I certainly understand why he would, but a lot of guys want to get out of the shadow. And Cam had such a great couple of years at Carolina. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's hard not to do the comparison because they're about the same height. You know, they look alike. It's kind of scary. The first time I saw him, I was like, I thought I saw a ghost. Because <laughs> he looked, it's like Cam's not, he, Cam's in Chapel Hill. How is he at this AAU event in Atlanta? So, you know, they have those things going on. They're both great shooters. I think talking to his dad, uh, Gilbert Johnson, one of the things that differenti differentiates the two is he says Puff is a little bit more aggressive, um, especially playing inside the paint than Cam was at the same age. And, you know, it's a little unfair, I think, just to get too deep into a comparison because um, I don't know if Puff has finished growing. Um, when we first saw him, he was still hurt because he was growing so fast. He, he had some knee issues from just how fast he was sprouting up. Um, and then, you know, Cam was definitely a late bloomer. So 
um, at the same age, you know, Puff is ranked much higher, like 200 spots higher. But it, it's just hard to project moving forward because Cam, you know, improved at such a rapid pace from his sophomore to his last season at Carolina. Um, but, you know, it's it's a legit comparison. that They're very similar, um, but they're also different in some ways. I, I think Puff is a little more able to play in the paint, a little more aggressive. It is interesting, too. We're talking about um, comparing the two, and Carolina fans really only got to see Cam Johnson as a senior and a senior, a senior and a grad. So, mm-hmm. I mean, a, a grown man versus a high school player. That, and that's there's a huge difference there, as we all know. Shrell, let's look at uh, 2020 class. So that's five commitments. A lot of people on the message board say, well, they're definitely taking six. So, you know, I don't think anything's set in stone. So where's recruiting stand now when you've got guys like Bryce Thompson and Kerwin Walton and even the, you know, the one that everybody still talks about, Zaire Williams? Where, are all the, where does that stand with those guys at this point? Well, you, you never say never, but I'm fairly certain this eliminates uh, Bryce Thompson and Corbin Walton because North Carolina's kind of said that they want to take five in the fall. And that's how many scholarships they have open. And that's where they're kind of moving forward with. Now, uh, for Zaire and other folks who are, um, well, Zaire, his timetable isn't clear. He, he could just decide on signing day, which is next Wednesday, or he could take it into the spring. Uh, but for people in the spring, you know, scholarships come open all the time for a variety of reasons. There, you know, there could be a transfer. There could be somebody who leaves early for the NBA that maybe North Carolina wasn't expecting. So there's always a chance that a scholarship will come open. And if it does, then they'll revisit maybe some of the people who haven't committed and, and see where things stand then. Because um, roster management, uh, you know, it's a cliche, but it's, you know, they talk about it in the NFL. They talk about it in college football. And it's not any different in college basketball. The roster management is a 24 seven, 365 a year kind of deal. And we've seen North Carolina in the spring, the last few years, find ways to, you know, increase the talent on the roster late. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that they wanted to have these five done uh, by the signing period, because I, I, Roe Williams has said publicly and privately, he's just not a fan of, you know, really chasing guys into April, into May. And even last year, I think people forget they had Jalen Wilson in for an official visit in June. Um, so, the class of 2019 really affected the class of 2020 because Rowians wanted to get it over with in the fall and move forward. Last question, sort of you know, put you on the spot and let you have a, a crystal ball, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, Carolina has, has had a lot of roster turnover for a variety of reasons over the last couple of seasons, and they expect it again after this season. Um, looking at these guys that are committed, Kessler, Sharp, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, and now Johnson, Tell me where they all sit as of right now on the one and done scale in your mind, or is it too early for that? So uh, let's workshop this on the air. I, I've thought about this, but I haven't said it out loud. So if it sounds dumb, I apologize to all of our uh, readers and subscribers. I'll do better next time. <laughs> but uh, I look at this class as kind of a combination of the class of 2013 and the class of 2014. Now, 13 had Isaiah Hicks, Kennedy Meeks, and Nate Britt. Uh, 14 had uh, Justin Jackson, Theo Pinson, and Joel Berry. So those six guys were really the core of uh, the national championship team um, in 2017. And so what I mean by that is um, those two groups had three guys who, even though two of them ended up staying four years, they had three guys ranked in the top 20 who were really talented, who were kind of that elite talents um, that North Carolina had been after. So they had that. And then this is, you know, I'm not speaking ill of the class of 2013 by any stretch, 
Um, but then they had Isaiah Hicks and Meeks and Britt, who were a little lower rated, you know, relatively to their counterparts in 2014, who all hung around for four years, all became, all started a lot of games, all became, you know, big contributors. And um, in Kennedy Meeks's case, someone who is in the top 15, top 10, top 15 of a lot of uh, stats in North Carolina basketball history because of the longevity of their career. That's how I kind of see this class going in that you have elite talents like Caleb Love, who more than likely will be a one and done barring injury. You have, you know, probably one or two of the big guys in Sharp and Kessler um, who probably, you know, have a chance to be one and done or two and done um, who fit that mold of the upper level talent. And then you have Davis and uh, Johnson, guys who are going to be really, really good college players, but who might not have surgeables that the NBA is looking for, thus making them stay in college for, you know, three or four years. And, you know, there's no, it's hard to say you would want um, a college freshman, you know, a top 10 or top team freshman over like a third year RJ Davis or a third year Puff Johnson, because those guys have been through it, been in it. Uh, and become, you know, by then will have become really good players. So I said all that to say, that's kind of how I look at it, is that this class is a combination of the one and done and the program stabilizers, um, and that they've kind of pieced it together in, in a way that will keep North Carolina <clears throat> in the mix, not just next year, but over the next two or three years. Folks, that's why you're a member of the Inside Carolina Premium Message Boards. If you're not, you need to be. Um, it's not just 10% off Johnny T-shirt. It's that stuff right there from Shrell McMillan. So, did it make sense? Did it make yeah, sense? 100% okay. it makes sense to me. You got Kessler, Sharp, Love, Davis, and now Johnson. Five-man class for 2020. Is Roy Williams done? Who knows? Follow InsideCarolina.com and Shrell McMillan for all the latest North Carolina basketball recruiting news. Sherelle, my friend, it's always been fun. Another good day for North Carolina basketball. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Yeah, appreciate it. And that was a heck of a tease there, too. So good job. Yeah, man. Getting good at this stuff. Thanks for listening, <laughs> folks. We'll be back around the corner. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.